Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. Hey, good morning, Avenue Church. This is Jeremy, and along with my wife, man, we just have the honor of pastoring this amazing church. And so, again, if you're a first-time guest, can we welcome you this morning just by clapping and accepting you and say, hey, welcome to Avenue Church. Our prayer is that this can be a place where you can call home, because we want Avenue to be a place where you can belong before you believe. And so make sure you fill that connect card so we can get connected with you. And I got to tell you, we're in the middle of a road trip series right now, and I am coming to you today via video because I'm on a road trip. My wife and I and Levi, we're in Minnesota right now, and we're with family. And I got to tell you, we are with 13 nieces and nephews along with my brothers and my sisters. So pray for your pastor. Pray for your man. All right. And so we hope to see more and more road trip photos, trips of you going somewhere. We've seen people in Alaska, Poland, different parts of the country. And so keep funneling those in. Keep tagging Avenue Church. But man, I would love to just share my heart today uh, in the story of Abram, that we are all in a faith journey. And so here's Abram. He's going on a road trip with God. He's going on a road trip where he messed up in Egypt, had to go back to the place where he was, and now he's along in his journey. And so I want to share with you today that a Faith is a journey. It is not an experience. For many of us, sometimes we think, okay, God, I believe in you and I have faith. Now it's done. Or maybe that experience will help me in that one area. But how many know faith is a journey? And the longer you go on that journey, the more, the better the scenery gets, the more things you get to see God do in your life. And so let's get your Bibles out. If you got your Bibles, open them up to Genesis chapter 15. You can follow along. We're going to have this on the screens as well. Get your iPhones out. Man, I want you to get your Androids out. Download that version Bible app to Genesis chapter 15. Use Facebook. Follow along. Make notes on Facebook. And man, again, I'm so honored you guys are here today. If you have a galaxy, don't even bother, all right? But let's go to Genesis chapter 15, and it says this, sometime later. You know, that's what the faith journey is all about. Sometime has passed. There's been a, 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 a time that has passed. So sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision. How many know when you step out by faith, God speaks to you along the way? And he says this, do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. And I love that. For many of us, if God spoke to us, we'd be like, thank you, Jesus, you spoke to us. Thank you, Father, that I have your ear. And here's his response. He says this, O sovereign Lord, what good are your blessings? What good are your blessings when I don't even have a son? When I don't even have this. And so Abram's really saying, God, you're great, but what good is it if I don't receive what I've been praying for? And this was why we're on a faith journey this summer. You've given me no children, so now the servant in my household named Eliezer, he will inherit all my wealth. You've given me no descendants, so, so one of my servants will be my heir. And so he's concerned about his legacy. He's concerned about, hey, God, I have no sons. I have, I have no one to pass along my legacy. And God says to him, no, 
Your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. So the Lord took Abram outside, and he said to him, look up in the sky, count the stars if you can. Look how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord. I don't know if you've ever been to the ocean, and when you look out in the ocean, sometimes you say, wow, I have big problems, but how many know my God is bigger? And so the Bible says that Abram believed God, and it says here, I want you to catch this, and God counted it him as righteous. He said, Abram is righteous because of his faith. That God counted, he, he, he declared, he said, Abram, you are righteous because you believe. It's not because of what you've done. It's not what you're going to do, but God is declaring it over our life. Now I want to tell you today, you're righteous. You're righteous because you believe that God is going to do good work in your life. He's going to do good work in your family. And I want to say, I count you as righteous. So I want you to grab that. I want you to catch that, that by his faith and belief, not by his actions, he was counted as righteous. I want you to catch this, Genesis chapter 16. So go to the next page, the next chapter, and it said this. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had a servant named Hagar. Sarah said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. So she's blaming God. God prevented me from having children. It's not happening. No way. No how. You know, it's it's not going to happen. And so I said, go sleep with my servant. Perhaps I could have children through her. So this was culturally uh, okay back then. But how many know what's culturally relevant today does not line up to God's promises over your life? And so this is this, verse 3. So Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar to the Egyptian servant and gave her to Abram as his wife. How many know Abram agreed to the proposal? All right. Um, Abraham? I need you to sleep with somebody else so we can have children. Abraham said, yes, ma'am. This is probably the one time I'll listen to you. But how many know it is, it is thwarting the purpose of God over his life? And so Abram has sexual relations with Hagar, and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat Sarai with contempt, saying, you know what? I'm above you. I'm, I'm better than you. Then Sarai said to Abram, this is all your fault. This is all your fault. I put my servant into your arms, but now she is pregnant. She treats me with contempt. The Lord will show who's wrong, you or me. You know, when we go on our own shortcuts in a faith journey, we tend to blame other people. And we tend to blame God and say, God, it's not working, so I'm going to do something quicker. I'm going to make something happen. And then Abram said, look, she's your servant. Do as whatever you see fit. And I'm just going to read verse 15. So Hagar gave Abram a son, and Abram named him Ishmael. And Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. And so the title of my message today, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The title of my message today is Backseat Driver. Backseat Driver. Raise your hand if you know any backseat drivers, all right? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to touch your neighbor and say, hey, just enjoy the ride. Go ahead, real quick. Just enjoy the ride. Just enjoy the ride. Don't be a backseat driver. I don't know if you've ever taken a trip to California. And so my wife and I, one time, we took a day trip. 
went to California, enjoyed the beach, enjoyed all that California has to offer. And then we decided to uh, drive back home. We said, man, we'll get back home with plenty of time. And we miscalculated California traffic. How many I'm talking about? And so we got in the car and there's traffic and we're trying to get home on the 15. Now it's approaching midnight. We're exhausted, we're tired, and I'm saying, okay, baby, we're almost there. I'm the one driving, and my wife goes, let's stop in, in Barstow. Can we stop in Barstow? Can we stay tonight in Barstow? And I'm going, come on, woman. I got this, Lindsay. We can, we can make it to Vegas. It's like two hours. But she, she persuaded me. She was a backseat driver, and she said, let's stop in Barstow. So we pulled over and found a hotel, and we pulled up, and, and uh, we said, you got extra room? And they said, we're pretty booked. But we got one room left, and we realized as we checked in and we grabbed our bags and our luggage that it was a smoking room. It was an older hotel, and so she, my wife walked right in with her suitcase, and she walked right back out, and she said, we're not staying here. I said, yes, ma'am. So we checked out. We got back into the car, and we got back to Las Vegas. Why do I tell you that today? Because so many of us, we stop along our journey. So many of us say, I am tired of this. This is taking too long. I want to stop and camp out right here. And I got to tell you, when me finally made it home on that journey and the traffic and being tired and the stopping and the going, we finally get home and we got to sleep in our own bed. How many of you know I'm talking about, right? My pillow, my bed, my comfort. Why? Because we went along the journey. How many times do we give God unwanted advice to say, God, I think I have a better idea. God, I think I have a better plan. God, I think you're taking too long. Typically, the advice of a backseat driver is for the benefit of the backseat, of the backseat passenger. Here's the definition of a backseat driver. I love this. I check this out. A passenger in a car who gives the driver unwanted advice. Here's the second one. A backseat driver is a person who is eager to advise without responsibility. So I'm going to tell you where to go, but it's not my responsibility. I'm going to tell you, hey, you need to sleep with Hagar, but it's no longer my responsibility. God, I, I love you, and I think you're amazing, and, and I believe you're going to do some great things for my life, but I have a better way, and please don't hold me accountable to those decisions. Have you ever, have you ever followed someone? To a destination, you don't know where you're going. They say, Hey, follow me. So you jump in your car, you're driving, you're going, like, I don't know where we're going. I have to follow this guy. I have to keep uh, speed behind them. I can't speed past them. I have to stay behind them. I don't know where to go. And for some of you, it drives you nuts. Not being the one in charge, not knowing where to go, to say, Hey, can I just, can you just? Text me the directions. Can I just beat you there? You know, like, can I just go? I have a need for speed. Is that anybody here? And so many times we say, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm not going to figure it out on my own. And so here's what I want to do today. Four quick steps that I want you to do. Four quick things as we embark on our faith journey. Because remember, faith, it's not an experience. It really is a journey. And so there's four things I want you to remember when we say, God, you're taking too long. Four things I want you to remember when we say, come on, God, can we, can we have some traction? Can something happen? So write this down. Number one, drive slower. Drive slower. Now, don't nudge somebody, all right? I'm sure you're nudging somebody who could drive fast in your life. But you could almost identify someone's patience by the way 
they drive. You can almost identify someone's patience by the way they drive. Do you, uh, is it hard for you to slow down quickly for that 25 mile hour zone when you go from city to city? How many know what I'm talking about, right? Raise your hand if you know somebody who does not, okay, I'm kidding. <laughs> but you have to understand, it is hard for me to say, I mean, I gotta slow down from 80 to 25. And so for me, as your pastor, I'll do it the last minute, right? I'll do it when it's like legal, like barely legal, right? 80, er, 25. Why? Because I am impatient. I want to get to my journey. Maybe you know, if you know that drive on the 93 or 95 when you go down to Phoenix and all of a sudden it's slow and you're behind somebody and they're slowing you down and man, if I could just get to Phoenix quicker because that drive is torturous. I hate that drive. But then that glorious sign that says passing lane coming up. And what you do, you floor it. Not me. I mean, I just, I, I sing a Jesus take the wheel. You know what I mean? I'm a man of faith. But some of y'all are driving 90 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour. Why? Because we're impatient. We need to learn to drive slower in our faith. We need to learn to drive slower in our faith. I got to tell you, I'm an impatient person, but I love action. I'm impatient, but I love action. I'm the one that quotes, man, come on, somebody. Faith without works is dead. You got to move. You got to do something. And for many of us, that's true. Faith without works is dead. We need to take action to activate our faith. We got to move. And that's why we have growth track. Growth track is such a big deal to us. And so today is an avenue. uh, Today is step one in our growth track class. And I encourage you, take action. Jump into growth track to say, what is my first step. What is my first step on this faith journey? But I got to share with you, you know what faith is? You know what faith is? It's Proverbs chapter 3, 5 through 6. It says, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on what you know, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He will direct your path. I learned a long time ago that waiting is an action. That waiting is an action. Lee Young says this, waiting is definitely a test. It tests our patience and it tests our loyalty. It tests our love and our mercy. Waiting is not for the weak. And so there are times when we wait upon the Lord so he'll renew our strength. But there are times when waiting becomes the greatest action in our faith journey. You have a six-year-old and he really, 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 really wants a Nintendo Switch, a gaming system. And so as parents, you know, what we can do is we can definitely, we can go out, buy it, you know, sell some things and buy the Nintendo Switch. But how many know it wouldn't be healthy for him? It wouldn't be a good thing for him. And so we, we, we know that as parents, he's going to learn more from, from waiting. He's going to learn more from doing chores and, and earning that Nintendo Switch, from doing errands and, and, and doing different things like that. Why? Because as parents, we want him blessed. We want to give him things, but we also want him better. We want him to be a better man. We want him to be a better person. We want him to know that the waiting process is making him better. So that's number one, drive slowly. But number two, use the cruise control. Use the cruise control. I don't know if anyone here, do you use your cruise control? Raise your hand real quick. Cruise, tr- cruise control. Like you pop that thing on and just relax. Or if you got a Tesla, right? You're re- that's really an autopilot feature right there. But man, we got to put our faith 
on cruise control. What does that mean, Pastor? That means ask God for patience. Ask Him for patience. In the waiting season, one of the, one of the worst things we can do is to say, I'm tired of waiting. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to move on God's behalf. So we have to ask God for patience. So real quick, three ways to ask God for patience. Here's three ways to get patience from God. Write this down. Number one is wait. Is wait. God, give me patience. Number one is wait. Psalms 27 verse 14 says, wait on the Lord be of good courage. What does that mean? That means in, as I wait, I'm not depressed. As I wait, I'm not upset. As I wait, I say, God, I am ready for you to move. And he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So how do we get patience from God? Number one is wait. And number two is wait some more. Is wait some more. How about number three? You want to hear number three? Is wait again. Keep Waiting, wait upon the Lord. First John chapter 5, verse 14. Check this out. And we are confident. That's what faith is. I am confident that God hears me whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us, I'm here to tell you today, God hears you. He hears your voice, but we got to wait upon God. And so he, he knows we're going to make requests, but we also know that he'll give us what we ask for. So we wait upon the Lord. You know, uh, I'm going to show a video clip real quick. And, and one of the reasons why I want to is because I am on video. And I feel like this is preparing us for at the movies this fall when we do at the movies. But there's a great clip in Evan Almighty where, where uh, Morgan Freeman is God and he comes down in a restaurant and he's speaking to Evan's wife. And I love what he says. So check out this video clip real quick. But my husband says God told him to do it. What do you do with that? Sounds like an opportunity. Let me ask you something. If someone prays for patience, do you think God gives them patience? Or does he give them the opportunity to be patient? If they prayed for courage, does God give them courage? Or does he give them opportunities to be courageous? If someone prayed for the family to be closer, do you think God zaps them with warm, fuzzy feelings? Or does he give them opportunities to love each other? Man, I love that. I love what he says. He says, does God give you patience? Or does he give you the opportunity to be patient? And sometimes we feel that way, don't we? We say, God, I ask you, give me patience. And God doesn't just go zing or bam, you know, and all of a sudden you're like, I'm the most patient person in the world. This is amazing. When you ask God for patience, what's going to happen? You're going to be stuck in traffic. What's going to happen on Sunday morning? God, give me patience. I'm ready to wait upon the Lord. And on the way to church, every stoplight turns red. Every person's cutting you off. You're getting angry inside. And God is saying, I'm giving you an opportunity to be patient. So we have to be patient because God knows when to bless and when to delay. God knows when to bless and when to delay. God's timing is perfect. But i got to share with you today. The right thing at the wrong time can be a curse. The right thing at the wrong time can hurt you. 
And that's exactly what Sarai was doing. She was saying, enough of this. I am barren. Uh, God, you made me unable to have children because God can snap his fingers and I can be with a child. And so, God, you're taking too long. So I'm going to make things happen behind the scenes. And what happened was that the wrong timing of the right thing led to hatred. It led to jealousy. It led to blame and discord. And I'm here to share with you today that the enemy wants to confuse things, that our God is not a confusing God. When God says it, it will be done. And so we're going to believe and we're going to wait. But I got to tell you, waiting makes us anxious. Therefore, we take the wheel. That the only action anxiety should lead to is prayer. And I'm here to tell you, I've been there in, your, in, in, in those shoes before. I've been in a season in life where I'm going, God, something's got to happen. Something's got to move. Something's got to change. And also I begin to worry and begin to fear. And through that health problems, through that, uh, it's just a, a lot of anxiety in your mind and emotional discomfort. And I'm here to tell you, pray. Pray about it. What's autopilot? is praying. Prayer is a great action called faith. We begin to pray. Abram replied to God, O sovereign Lord, what good are your blessings if I don't even have a son? I'm here to share with you guys, you're allowed to vent to God in prayer. I think God honors real and raw prayers because he already sees your heart. So if you're speaking what your heart uh, it really is, I believe that God's going to honor that. I believe God's not going to smack you around and beat you up, but I believe that God says, okay, now it's time for a relationship. That's why at Avenue Church, we want you to know God as your Savior, as your uh, Lord over your life so that you can find freedom. And as you begin to find freedom, you're going to discover your purpose, and then you will make a difference. So I want to encourage you today that God has not canceled the plan. I want to encourage you today that God has chosen a better time. So number one, drive slower. Number two, use an autopilot. Use that cruise control. Begin to wait on God. Because I promise you, as we read through the story of Abram, the mistakes he made, the mistakes Sarai made, and saying, God, we're tired of waiting. We're going to do it on our own. I'm here to tell you, let go of that wheel. I'm here to tell you, get back in that back seat. And I'm here to share this last point, is who's in the car with you? Who's in your car? Who are your passengers? Who's in the automobile with you? And so I want to call up the worship team as we close real quick today. But I got to share this with you is that there was an old dad joke. Remember if you were here last week, you heard dad jokes? Uh, here's an old joke that was always on my dad's wall at work. And so every day I would go in and I worked for my dad for a season. And this piece of paper was on his wall. And to this day, you're going to cringe when I say it, all right? So forgive me, guys. But here's what the, quote, here's what the joke says, that when I die... I'm going to go peacefully like my grandfather did in his sleep, not screaming like the passengers in his car. Now, I know, I know, get it out, get out of your system. It's hilarious, right? It's bad. But I tell you that, I remember that joke because I'm encouraged that every decision we make at the wheel affects passengers or those that are in the car. So I encourage you, every decision we want to wait when we're tired of waiting, Every decision we want to make to say, you know what, I'm sick of this. I'm going to to take matters in my own hands. That every decision we make impacts everybody around you. It impacts your family. It impacts your friends. It even impacts your church. 
impacts, it, it impacts those that do life with you. And I'm here to tell you, though, it could be nerve-wracking to go, man, every decision I make is going to make an impact in everyone's life. And that is where, instead of turning to anxiety and worry or fear, because that's not what God wants for your life, I want you to turn to God. I want you to ask God, God, what do you want me to do? God, I trust you. You're in the driver's seat. I am not. Even last year, we flew home and to North Dakota where my family is, and we hopped in my dad's truck, and we're going to go out to my sister's farm. And all of a sudden, it was, it was a blizzard came through. It was a storm. You couldn't even see in front of you. And I grew up in that conditions, but I didn't, grew, I didn't grow up with my dad driving through those conditions. So here's my dad. He's 66 years old this week, and we're in the back seat, and my wife's with me. And he's driving through these conditions, pulling a trailer, and the roads are icy. And we even kind of skid a little bit. And my dad is a professional winter driver. All of a sudden, the truck kind of moves. And he cracks, and I'm in the backseat going, oh, Jesus, you know, like, come on, somebody. I was repenting, right? I was like, Father, forgive me of my sins, right? And what happened? I had to have faith in my dad, especially my wife, right? She had to have faith in her father-in-law. I'm here to share with you today. Let's have faith in our Heavenly Father. Let's have faith to say, you know what, God? You really know what's best. You know the right timing. and You know exactly what I need on this faith journey. So I want to encourage you today as we close. I'm going to read in Genesis chapter 15. But maybe you're here today and you feel like, man, God, my, my biological clock is ticking. I need to make things happen and, and have children. Or maybe you're here today and you say, man, I, I'm so tired of being single for so long. I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to just pick somebody and get married. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, I've been at this job for too long and, and I'm getting really frustrated. I'm getting angry. I'm going to do things to, 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 promote, to promote myself. And I want to encourage you. We drive slower. We kind of slow down a little bit. We say, God, what do you want for my life? God, what do you have planned for my life? But man, will you put things in autopilot? Will you, put, will you put your faith on cruise control just for a season to say, God, what is it that you're doing in my life? God, what steps do you want me to take? Do you want me to give my life to you? Do you want me to go to growth track? Do you want me to find out the gifts and call that you have on my life? God, what is it that you're doing in my life? You know, during a season when I don't feel like I hear God, I have to ask him, God, what are you teaching me in this season. And here's my encouragement today. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, it says, Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, for I will protect you, and your reward will be great. I got to share with you guys, there's a great reward when we wait upon the Lord. There's a great reward when we trust him in this journey call faith. So everyone, please stand with me, please. And I'm going to pray over you today. Man, I love you guys. I'm excited to see you next week. But let me pray over every single person. With every head bowed, every eye closed, let's pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, Father, I thank you for who you are. God, God, I pray for every single person that's in this building today. Father, I pray for every single person that is standing before you today. That God, I pray, help us to trust you. God, I pray, help us to wait upon you. The Father, I pray that today we'll begin to hang in there. That today we begin to trust the Lord 
with all of our heart, that we lean not on our own understanding. We're not going to lean on what we know, but God, we're going to acknowledge you because you're directing our path. God, you're taking us on a phenomenal journey that we've never been through before. Maybe you're here today, and man, maybe you've lost all hope. Maybe you feel like you're not on a journey. Maybe you feel like there's no purpose in your life. I want to encourage you. Can I pray with you today? Can I pray over every single person that prayer of faith that says, God, be my Lord and be my Savior. That God, I want a God who will protect me. I want a God that will reward me for relationship with him. So I want everybody, everybody in this room to say this prayer together. Everyone say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me right where I am. Say, today, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins and wash me clean. Say, today, you were raised for me. Now raise me a new life. Say, today, I will follow you all the days of my life. Now I know who I am. Everyone say this loud. Say, I am saved. I am redeemed. And I am a child of God. And everybody shout it. Amen and amen and amen. Man, I love you guys. Make sure you throw this up on social media. Let me know how you enjoyed today's message. And I'm going to see you guys next week. So give it up for your host today. (laughs) 